Good afternoon, my Sith brothers and sisters, purebloods, cultists, rebel scum on the run, but most importantly, my fellow Star Wars fans. I hope everybody's hanging in there today. I did want to apologize for being a couple days behind on this. I'm having to go back in and re-edit and re-record parts of this. Um, but do have second half, of course. I'll have a break in between. We'll do Chapter 2, Book of Boba Fett review. As always, I'll make sure I give you all plenty of warning and notice before I go into that part. But I did want to take a few moments, actually, because it's been... I don't necessarily want to say a rough weekend. It just, we'll just say that it wasn't the birthday weekend that I had planned. Uh, of course, I've been hyping up this Thai silencer tattoo with my regular artist, and plans and things don't always work out. And um, it was just a really bad, rough weekend, just everything that went down with that, and um, kind of shopping around for a new artist at this point. So it's going to take me, hopefully I should be able to, re I have a couple people already lined up that I've sent out uh, messages to to try and get it rescheduled, so just a temporary and minor setback again with the tattoos but um this weekend uh i did purchase i did get my hands on a sith trooper hoodie off of facebook marketplace somebody who lives not too far from me had it on there for sale and i think at one point it was something i was looking at so i got that for a steal of a deal and in my size I did purchase, of course, I've been really naughty with the Star Wars shoes as of late. Been going after those pretty hardcore Star Wars vans. I got my fifth pair coming today. And it is the, it was a pattern that I've been watching for a while and just could never find a pair in my size. So finally, the Stormtrooper bandanas uh by uh star wars vans those are coming today and double perk new with box so that's just an extra bonus perk the uh adidas am4s that i got the week before last those came in i wore those those were also new with box so been really uh really hitting the shoes hardcore as of late um don't recall purchasing anything else star wars wise i'm trying to mentally scan and think what else i may have i know i've looked at a couple things but i swear to god other than the shoes i've been really naughty with the shoes um yeah nothing else uh purchase wise it's just you know like I said just been one of those weekends where you know things didn't go as planned but I'm still here and still kicking so and just sometimes things happen for a reason so just gonna continue rolling with it and 
I'll definitely keep you guys posted. I'm going to go ahead and because I don't have any other purchase or tattoo updates as of right now, I'm going to go ahead and pause this here and get us set up for Book of Boba Fett Chapter 2 review. So sit tight. Okay, guys, so just in case, I do not want to be that person that spoils Chapter 2 for you. So if you have not already seen the latest episode of Book of Boba Fett, please pause or stop and then rejoin once you've viewed. I do not want to ruin the episode for you. So... Again, going back in and re-recording parts of this episode this week. So, I am going entirely off of memory in terms of review for this week. I do also want to point out that... Don't think the episode this past week, chapter two, I don't think it necessarily had a title. If I'm not mistaken, when I went to go view it, it was just called Book of Boba Fett, which is the name of the series. So, anyways, the episode starts out with Fennec walking the surviving assassin up to the palace. And Boba starts asking him a lot of questions. Who do you work for? Who sent you? What were your orders? And this assassin is clearly not offering up any information. The, for the lack of better term, I don't recall them mentioning a name for this droid, but the droid running the door... <laughs> uh, points out that this assassin belongs to the Order of the Night Wind, happens to be in a very elite, expensive group of assassins. Fennec always being the trigger-happy female. It's like, you know what? This is clearly not going anywhere. This guy's not going to talk. So she pulls the lever to the Rancor pit and the guy drops down in there and you see the gate starting to open. The guy, probably at the very last second, says, Okay, okay, the mayor sent me. The door finishes opening and you don't see anything there. Although I will admit I was really going to super pop if the... Rancor turned up. I was, I don't know, it was kind of like one of those 50-50 things where you just, you, you, you never know, but the pit, of course, is empty, and then Boba and Fennec are kind of laughing, going, oh yeah, by the way, it's empty. There's no Rancor down there. So, Boba and Fennec take the assassin to the mayor, and of course, naturally, when they walk in the door, there's no appointments available. It's very much what you would expect when you're trying to walk and check into a hotel. You know, I'm sorry, you need an appointment or 
lot of places lately that, you know, you need an appointment to get in and see somebody. The mayor's domo that we met in episode one politely steps in. It's like, you know what? I apologize about that and seems to make a big deal about Boba not riding around on a litter. And the mayor's indisposed says the mayor's just not available. Well, of course, that never stopped Boba from anything. So Boba Fennec and the assassin go walking into the mayor's... I don't even necessarily want to call it an office or a throne room. Whatever the hell room he's operating out of. And we learn that the mayor of Mos Espa, his name is Mok Shais. Hopefully I'm not butchering that too bad. Mok Shais starts speaking and... Of course, Boba's like, hey, I returned your property. And the mayor seems to be, is completely downplaying this, like, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with this. And he's like, oh, well, thank you for, thank you for returning him. They're not allowed to operate out of hut space. Turns and looks at one of his guards uh, and says, go ahead and give Boba his reward. One of the other guys shoots the assassin dead, so obviously you're not getting any more answers out of the guy. No more assassins. And as Boba's being given his tribute, Boba makes a smart comment about, you know, hey, thanks, I'll take this as the tribute that you didn't give me the other day. And rather than allowing Boba to walk away, the mayor's like, well, aren't you going to ask me who sent this guy? And obviously that piques Boba's interest just a tad. And he makes a comment to Boba as him and Fennec are leaving that running a family... is more complicated than bounty hunting and says if you go to Garza's you'll see they go into Garza's him and Fennec Garza seems a little caught off guard that he's there but once she becomes aware of his presence kind of walks up to him and is profusely sweating and of course Boba calls her out on it and and she points out that uh, the twins have laid namesake, or excuse me, have laid claim to their late cousin's bequest, meaning Jabba's palace and his position. The music inside Garce's place stops. And a lot of them go outside. You see a litter coming around the corner with two huts on it. One male, one female. And politely, 
I should say the male the male hut does most of the talking. But says, you know, hey, you know, we're here for what they think is their rightful claim. And the female is kind of making a couple comments. She she gets a little antsy and is like, you know, we should kill him. Boba's like, well, I'm not giving it up. It's rightfully mine. I I earned it rightfully. You're going to have to you're going to have to f basically f fight me or kill me for it. And of course, being the voice of reason, the male fet, it's like, you know what? Blood's bad for business. You know, says says something about sleep lightly bounty hunter as as they're being carried off. Back at Ooh, before we go back to the palace, another another person that kind of approaches off to the side when the huts are kind of sitting there on their litter, a character that everybody's all freaking out about. I think I made a comment on Twitter that it reminded me a lot of Harry from Harry and the Hendersons, but just slightly different. It looks he's a blackish gray Wookiee. Little worse for wear. However, he happens to be looking up. He is a character that some people are familiar with, and I'm probably going to butcher the name here. But the Wookiee, of course, I didn't find this out until after watching the episode. I've seen him before. In oh, what the hell is that bounty hunter comic that I read? He's in there. He's he's in the bounty hunter comics, and I and looking here, I think is also in uh, Doctor Afro. His name is Black Kersantan. If I'm saying it correctly, K double R S A N T A N goes by other nicknames Santi BK or Black K. At the time, you don't really know him, he doesn't really say anything, but before the FETs are kindly escorted away this uh bk i'll call him that's a little easier to pronounce kind of is staring down boba wanting to get into a fight apparently they're definitely setting up for bk and the huts obviously this is going to be i don't want to say the main villain but it definitely looks like that this is where a bulk of the modern day part of the episode is going to break down later on, hopefully. Although I will admit the first few episodes honestly have been spending a lot more time in the past than present day. I can definitely see why a lot of people get very frustrated with the series. Why it is very slow moving. You only have 
the first five, ten minutes of the episodes going to Boba in modern day. And then you spend the rest in these flashbacks that he's having in the back to tank. So, after the huts are taken away, going back to Boba at the palace, he's in the back to tank. And we go back to the flashback of his time with the sand people, a.k.a. Tusken Raiders, where they're teaching him to fight. You kind of hear what sounds like a, a creature off in the distance, but you very quickly find out that this is, in a way, some sort of bullet train or whatever going through the middle of the Dune Sea. There are people, creatures, whatever, bounty hunters, not really fully sure who they are. But there are people on this train that quickly open up these shutters or windows and start shooting down at the Tuscans and Boba. I think it's kind of the ongoing joke because it happens at least twice in this episode. One of the first things to get shot down is the Bantha. Poor Bantha. Um, so a few of the Tus quite a few of the Tuscans get taken out as this train passes by the first time. And later on that night, they're kind of throwing them into, into this fire pit. Boba looks off into the distance and sees these little flecks of faint light speeding through the desert. So he turns and looks at one of the elders of the clan and says, Give me a rifle and a stick. And I'll be back in the morning. I'm going to help stop the train. He goes walking into this establishment. And of course, you're not really 100% sure. Or at least I definitely wasn't at the time. But he ends up walking into what I now or what we now know is Tashi Station. There is from lore... Friends of Luke's in there, male and female. And this ragtag group of, I'm not even really sure what to call them, the species that are closest to that resemble what I can think of is the species that Bosk is, but they're not green, they're a little bit more yellow. And I'm honestly not 100% sure. If this, but in terms of species wise, that way you kind of get an idea of what I'm talking about. Semi in the realm of what Bosk is. Boba goes walking in the door, takes down this group of this, at least a handful of this group, takes a big sip of a drink that's on the bar, pays the bartender, and walks out sees a group of speeder bikes tied up out front, gets on one, and the next morning goes riding back into the Tuscan camp, where a few of them start taking apart one of the bikes. He's quickly like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, these are, I present these as a gift. However, these are mine. I am going to 
show you how to ride these so we can stop the train. So you spend a little bit of time. It was really neat. Him training a handful of the Tuscans how to ride the speeder bikes. And then maybe after a day or two, a couple days, really not sure how much time lapses here in the flashback. It's really kind of hard to tell. I would say at least a day or two. He... You, you, they see or hear the train coming back through, so Boba has him saddle up. It, him and at least four other bikes. So they've kind of staged this plan where some of them are going to start taking out long-range sniper-type style, sticking around from camp trying to shoot at the train. And then you have Boba and the four other bikes actually going to go try and board the train to stop it. Quite a few of the bikes, including his own, end up getting taken out. However, before Boba's bike blows up, him and the Tuscan riding his bike end up getting onto the train. Trying to overtake it from the top of the train. Of course, there's this droid piloting it and seems to be kicking in the... Whatever, hyperdrive, whatever's mounted on top of the front of the train. This train's going faster and faster and faster. The Tuscan that was training him how to, or has been training him how to fight, starts going through the train on the inside. Boba's able to get into the cockpit or the front of the train, engine room, whatever the hell you want to call it. Droid jumps ship, and of course the droid scatters off, so you know that the droid's alive, kind of crawls off like a spider. Almost reminds me a little bit of a shell form of Grievous, just because of how it scurried off. Boba ends up using his wooden training stick to kind of wedge the lever to completely take down the train. Train stops. So then you come to where Boba is asking who's the leader of this group. Kind of a little bit of fish looking in the face. I don't necessarily recall them mentioning the name of the species that actually um, were in charge of the trains. But, you know, he's like, you know what? I'm in charge around here. The Tuscans have always had ownership of the Dune Sea. You now are going to go walk back to your master. However, you're going to be under protection of the Tuscans. You know, kind of showing mercy. And the leader guys, like, well, we're going to... How do we know that we can trust them? And we're going to die out here of thirst if we don't at least have our water cars. So... Bo was like, you know what? To be nice, I'll hand everybody a black melon. But yeah, you're walking back. And after they take down the train, as reward, later on that evening around a campfire, the leaders of the clan, one of them presents Boba a gift which is this little lizard 
gecko type of looking thing. And Bobo opens the container, looks at the lizard, and the lizard goes and literally up his nose. A little gross, not going to lie. And all of a sudden, Boba starts hallucinating that he's walking towards this tree surrounded by water. And all of a sudden, as this tree starts growing more and more limbs, it starts to try and completely envelop Boba. Completely try and... The closest thing I can relate to the scene, it reminded me a little bit of Game of Thrones with... Uh, with Braun and being the three-eyed raven, just trying to make Boba become a part of this tree. And of course, he ends up breaking off this one limb. And the other flashbacks that you see also is this tree kind of has red eyes. It shows a flashback of him as a child staring at his father's helmet there. In the arena there on Geonosis after his father's beheaded. And then it also shows him on. I'm just completely drawing a blank here. Camino watching his father's ship Slave One take off. So what appears to be the next morning Boba half pretty much half dead to the world, walking back towards the camp. Few of them very happy to see him. And he presents the leaders with the stick that he broke. Very nice stick, to which they turn around, they take him and the stick to make his own pike, if for lack of better term, with the... Um, they give him black robes, they dress him... So now Boba's completely become part of the Tuscan clan, which was really neat. And then, of course, the episode ends with them dancing around the fire. And that's how the episode ends. I'm completely indifferent to it. I don't really have a right or wrong. There really is no right or wrong opinion for it. However, I can see where some people do get frustrated with the episode just because 90% of it is spent in flashback. You're kind of wondering where we're going. We're already two episodes in. I think we've only got five more left. So definitely slow moving at first. Def please let me know what you all thought of the episode. If you have any opinions, don't be afraid to Hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, Southpaw Sith or Holly Garland on both. A couple more days, we'll be able to catch Chapter 3. Hopefully, it'll be a little bit more fast-moving. We'll see some interactions with the Huts and BK. And for now, signing off until next time. Take care, as always, and may the Force be with you.